0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors.
1: Postmates has officially launched in Metro Detroit and Ann Arbor. Her podcast has a $50 gift discount code for all of its listeners. What is Postmates, you might ask? It's a delivery service for anything, anytime, anywhere. Burgers. Pizza, tacos, barbecue, ice cream, honey baked ham, and even auto parts. Which, when you think about it, is pretty amazing because when you need an auto part, you probably can't drive anywhere. Check out their website today and see all the options near your home. Go to postmates.com and use code Herd, H E A R D, exclamation point, for fifty dollars off in delivery credits. Thanks thanks so much for their sponsorship of our podcast.
2: Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Herd is a collaboration between The Hungry Dudes, Nick Drinks, and the Detroit Optimist Society. Each week, we interview industry professionals about issues related to food, beverage, and hospitality. Please take a moment to subscribe to Herd through the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however you subscribe to your podcasts. Write a review and let us know what you think. For additional content, including awesome videos and photos, visit HerdPodcast.com like Herd Podcast on Facebook, and follow at Herd Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Herd. Hello, friends, and welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Today, tonight... We're coming to you from the Ardbeg Escape Bus out in Rochester Rochester, Michigan. Yeah? At Red Wagon Wine Shop. Um Ardbeg is here um taking the bus around the country? Yep. David. That's yeah? right. Yep, that's right. All right. And first first n- stop in Detroit. This Woo-hoo! is
3: yeah, that's right. So it was, it was uh born and bred in Detroit, and so our first three stops are in Detroit. So we kicked everything off yesterday and this is our second event. We're really excited about it. It's been great. Uh, we always love meeting big fans and talking to people about ArtBag. And,
2: uh, I guess talking to you guys now, which is great. Awesome. So uh, tonight, joined by Nick. Hello. Vato. Heyo. And the brand manager of ArtBag, David Weiss. Thank you. Thank you, David. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be here. It's definitely the first podcast that I've talked about ArtBag or Rails. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. That's great. And we're doing it from the bus, and we're in a pretty confined space right now. This is the ceilings are very no, low. No,
1: no, no. If you've ever been in like a true proper confined space, this is luxurious. I
2: don't know how you're going to escape from it. It's <laughs> 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 part of the fun, right? I think so. <laughs> uh, Nick, yes, you brought food with you. Well, so you were, to, you were you were complaining
1: on Facebook earlier today about a certain restaurant that you have no idea. Now, I don't know if it's today. It was just oh, week. You were complaining about a certain restaurant, how it stays afloat, and
2: you had no idea what <laughs> I well, wasn't how. complaining about it. It was just a funny meme that I had uh, shared. So
1: I was also wondering, too, there's not a lot of these close. Oh, man. It's so, Long John Silver's.
0: Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> I, I so, can't so, eat fast food. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you're not, you're not be missing out, Vato. Um, the, the, uh, <laughs> the meme said something that there was a secret society of people that were keeping Long John Silver's oh, in oh, business. God. Like... Th- just think about that, like because no one, <laughs> no one goes there. That's so britsky. <laughs> you, 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 apparently you, you, some Nick does. Apparently, wow, wow. this is this is uh, what 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 is this, Nick? So this is the
1: family meal. This is the small family meal. The large family meal wow. actually has ten thousand calories no. because it's on the board.
3: Really? Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> so this is only like six thousand, I think. Um, I got French fries, chicken, fish, hush puppies. There's a fried Twinkie in there somewhere. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> there's clams and shrimp. Oh my gosh.
2: Um where where is this located?
1: This hmm. is Warren. So this was like eight mile into Quinter. Wow.
2: Yeah. Okay, so now we have to try this, right? Of course so uh, w- what uh, do we start with?
1: Well I mean a hush puppy. Okay. And they're, David, they're still would you warm. Like one?
2: You can say no. Uh no, yeah, for sure why not I <laughs> love had, hush puppies. I like <laughs> I didn't know this was part years. of
3: it, but I might as well <laughs> lean in.
0: I might as well try the clam, because why not? You know, this is no fre- not no, no fresher clam than this, right? <laughs> This clam or this is shrimp? Sh- I mean, it's been sitting. It's a dough ball. It's yeah. been sitting for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's
1: weird.
2: <laughs> How would Hungry Dudes rate this? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Where's
1: the Twinkie? Yeah, that's what I'm excited about. That fried Twinkie?
2: Go for it. I think the Hungry Dudes would... Uh, the fries are s- soggy. <laughs> 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 no. What, okay, so which which is chicken, which is fish? No idea. Uh, fish, I
1: believe, is the bigger one. I think chicken's the smaller one.
2: Why, why is it... What What the hell is happening? Uh, no, it's fish. <laughs> That's what I said. Oh, is it? Yeah, I said the bigger
1: one.
0: Uh, That's the bigger the, one. The fish is the soggy one?
2: <laughs> it's from the sea. Mm.
0: Nope. <laughs> so did you look into who is Long John Silver?
2: It's not Joe. Long John Silver's a pirate, isn't it?
0: No. I
1: think so. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: know. He's right. a pirate. This is a great
1: podcast of just us eating fried <laughs> Oh, God.
2: You can't do it. It's all fried. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's, let's be very clear. It's brown. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no part of this that is like, there's no escape from brown. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, uh, hey, it's, that's a pun.
0: We're I like it. You're mm-hmm. in the escape room, yeah. I
2: didn't even mean to do that. But um, cut, the twink- cut the Twinkie. I'm, I'm, I'm not eating this Twinkie. You have to. Somebody has to. Mm-hmm. Cut <laughs> it. <laughs> what? Oh, you have silverware, too. I have wow. wow. Look at you. Um, silverware. I mean, it's plasticware. Plastic.
0: Wear. plastic wear. Oh, no. Here, here you go.
2: Just Ooh. do that.
1: Right. Oh. So this is a fried Twinkie. Lots of brown. Brown on brown. Oh yeah, that's that's great. Fried in
0: canola I'm sure.
1: <laughs> it almost has like a banana Ugh. pudding consistency to it.
0: Okay, so I threw away all the canola and vegetable oil my house. Whoever
2: <laughs> the secret society is is keeping this Long John Silver's they can have chain it. Chain open, yeah, they can have it and like you know stay secret.
1: There was one in Rochester, but it's closed. <laughs> that would have made my commute a lot easier. Oh, yeah, not yeah. having to start in Birmingham, drive to Warren, and then drive up here.
2: You're serious about this.
0: And it's funny. Oh, I'm because serious
1: about this joke. I mean, this is like a twenty dollar joke right here.
0: Wow. <laughs> uh, you could have got a fine dollars pizza, little serious right. for
2: that, D- David. Let's let's talk scotch. <laughs> that, let's, let's let's go from brown food to brown liquid. That sounds That sounds great. That sounds, that sounds great. Um, that sounds great. <laughs> I tried. Oh, these yeah. are horrible. <laughs> let's yeah. No more food talk. All right. No no more no more Long John Silver's talk. Okay. Wow. Um. Okay. So you guys are in. Uh, Detroit, you have your first three, first three events. Your first one last night was where? Um, was it the
3: Holiday Market? On Rollo. Um,
1: was it Rollo? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, Rollo. And then where are you going Sorry. tomorrow? Um, Canton, I believe. Okay. New to Detroit. i uh, yeah. been here a few times. I think you're going to the this other tour. Holiday Market. But yeah, that's right.
1: But it's not related to the Holiday Market, which is even wackier. They're like right. two <laughs> non-related Holiday Markets.
0: was it yeah. wacky enough to bring Long John Silver's. <laughs> that's that's me. All the wackiness more is here. Wack-
2: <laughs> Can we take this off the table, please? Is yeah. it bothering you? Yes. I mean, it's, uh, it has kind of an odd smell.
0: It's getting into the walls.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll pack it up. And the next person that comes on is like, "Who ate Long John Silver's on this bus?" <laughs> <Nah. Ugh. laughs> we apologize. Um, okay, so you're here. Um, th- tell us more about the bus being um, built, the design of yeah. the bus, um, and, and you guys. You said five different. Um, yeah.
3: So. Um, let me. I can. I guess I'll just kick this off from what the inspiration was. Yeah, and it's been pretty amazing. I'll say. So, in about a seven-month journey, really, from the idea to the creation of this thing. So, the original idea was, or I guess I can take a step back. Context. Uh, give you guys some context. In the past, ArtBag as a brand has used mobile tours as a way to promote the brand. So it's a small brand. I uh, like to call it a challenger brand. But one good way to promote the brand. Introduce consumers to it, educate consumers, is by doing these these mobile mo- like marketing tours, essentially. So we haven't done one in a couple of years, um, and going into this year, we were we got a lot of feedback from our our regional sales teams that um, this is something that we should bring back, and it's something that people were really excited about, um, and it's something that people really loved in the past.
2: Can you quantify the what you just said between um, small brand and versus large brand?
3: So I'll give you um, some comparisons, I suppose. In the world of scotch, um, different categories, single malt scotch, blended scotch, uh, single malt scotch, obviously smaller than blended scotch. Blended scotch, as you would know, would be Johnny Walker, Dewar's, um, and then single malt scotch is the McAllens, the Glenlivets, Glenfiddich um and uh, Glenmorangie which is actually the sister brand of Ardbeg. So there is a subcategory called smoky malts, many of which are on the island of Isla. Um and I would compare in size um not to give you like exact numbers, but Highland Park um around the same size. It's kind of some of those smaller brands, I wouldn't necessarily say they're niche brands, but not the size of the Macallans or the Glenlivets or anything like that. Not even close. Um and so it is a small brand um does that kind of answer your question? Yeah. It, not to go into cases, I don't want to get too much detail in like the size of the business, but relative size if you compare it to um a Glenfiddich or Glenlivet, uh maybe probably Glenlivet maybe a tenth of the size uh as far as we calculate in in depletions to I don't know if you want me to go into details about how the three, so the three tier system in the United States, um, it's unique in the U.S. and the system really hasn't changed since prohibition. Essentially, the suppliers or the companies, like whether it's Moe Hennessy or Diageo or, or Anheuser-Busch, whatever it may be, we cannot sell legally directly to consumers. So we have to sell to distributors. So the distributors then sell to accounts such as Red Wagon, right? Mm -hmm. And so we calculate our sales, our performance often or mostly by what we call depletions, which is essentially when the distributors sell sell their products that we had sold to them in turn to the accounts, whether it's a bar or an alcohol s- or a liquor store. And so that's generally how we do that. Um, but yeah, from a depletion standpoint, we're about um, about a sixth of the size of Glenmorangie. Um, so between an eighth or to a tenth of the size of a big guy like Glenlivet. So
2: you said something about smoky malt, which mm-hmm. is um, what we know as peated scotch, right? Or is it different?
3: No, that's right. That's right. I think, I mean, we often use it synonymously. So... You know, PD or Smoky, um, just the the flavor that's imparted onto the barley uh, from the process of smoking peat. So lighting peat on fire, really old school. I was telling a consumer about uh, about this today, but this really is the traditional method. So back in the day, hundreds of years ago, making whiskey whiskey would be peated. It would be smoked because that was the fuel source in both Scotland and Ireland. That was really all they had. So if you don't think you know, if you don't have trees, you have the peat moss or you have the peat, and that you use that as an ancient fuel source, and so they use that to smoke dry the barley and then that in turn imparted flavor that smoky flavor onto the barley in which you would
2: then distill the liquid and so how, how much of like the, the, the global scotch market is peated scotch uh, I couldn't give you an exact number
3: I would say um, ooh, global scotch I mean Maybe. just
2: like what I'm getting at is is like it very small? Is, it's very small is it is it's a niche within a niche right
3: yeah so it's a subcategory of subcategory if you will so okay. there's scotch then there's two branches of that there's single malt and then there's blended uh-huh. and within single malt there's a branch of that which is is what we call smoky
2: malts yeah and, and that's a re- it seems to me like you either love it or you hate it right
3: it, yeah it can be i think um that's kind of the the traditional concept or idea, I suppose. Um, but I, I don't think that's always necessarily true. Um, I think for a lot of people it definitely is an acquired taste. I really like so compared to something in beer. I'm I'm from the Northwest. I'm a huge craft beer guy. I'm obsessed with IPAs. For me, I think smoky malt is kind of the almost the natural progression of your your palate development, in which it's a really robust, really strong flavor, but it may be a little too overwhelming for some people. So, if you're introduced to whiskey, smoky malt might not be the way to go. Um but if you're used to whiskey and you're, you you want to try something new, smoky malt is a really really beautiful, intense um, wonderful complex experience, um, but at the same time, you know, my introduction to to Scotch honestly was Ardbeg. So I was a big bourbon fan back in the day, um, and when I was in the army um, about a decade ago, one of my old bosses introduced me to Ardbeg, and honestly, and I, I mean, I'm a, all I'm all seriousness, the only scotch that I would buy for myself was Ardbeg. The reason why is that it was a very, very different flavor profile and experience that you wouldn't get from bourbon or American whiskey or Tennessee whiskey or Irish whiskey. So it's a really unique experience. Really, you know, first time I tried Ardbeg, I remember this. I remember where I was actually. And I was like, "What? Well, what is this? But then you had a couple more sips, had a couple more sips. It really grew on me. And then from then on, I mean, I really no, that's fine. Really love. Okay. Sorry. We have some. So we're in the, bu- yeah, we're active in the bus right now. We just got done with the, uh, an event. Yeah, to- no.
1: <laughs> Someone's still stuck from the earlier yeah. tour. Yeah.
3: So they're upstairs cleaning up, but sorry for that noise. But, um, but yeah, so for me, it's, it's, it's just a different experience. Um, you know, if you compare Art Bag to Lemorgie or McAllen or something like that, there are not a lot of similarities. I mean, the way it's made, but the flavor profile is quite different. Um, but it's, it's, it has its place. It can be drank. You know, I, I personally drink it neat. I recommend it if you want to really savor the flavor profile. Some people add in water, like a little drop of water. Um, it changes the flavor profile, but um, it's also really, really great in cocktails. So something that we found mm-hmm. recently, in the last couple of years, it's it's an amazing substitute for vodka in uh, Bloody Marys. So wow. if think about the if the you pepper, like mezcal. Yeah. If you've yeah. ever had a Mezcal cocktail, uh-huh. it's a very similar flavor profile. And so if you put, if you substitute the vodka with Ardbeg, Ardbeg 10 years old, it gives you a spicy, smoky, really, really beautiful, um, flavor. And it's, it's a really great, um, substitute. But then also just similar to Mezcal, Ardbeg does really, really well with citrusy cocktails. So if you've ever had a last word, I guess the last word was like created in Detroit, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it, you replace gin with Ardbeg Ano, actually, or Ugadol, one of our, our sherry um, matured whiskeys. Uh, it, it does really well. Or grapefruit, something like that. So that smoky spiciness, similar to Mezcal, goes really well with a citrus-based cocktail.
1: So I'm, I'm glad you brought up Mezcal, because I really think there is a, a parallel to that, mm-hmm. is almost that transition that you, you like te- tequila, you like the agave spirit, it's sure. that mezcal is that bigger bolder flavor tends to have a lot of smoke in it as well yeah i think the the smoky smoky scotches say it again is that right smoky malts yeah or smoky scotches smoky malts, scotches, smoky fine, malts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. is that again it's that transition as well and i think this kind of started um you know we we got these in the u.s earlier than we did a lot of the mezcals mm-hmm. i feel like and people are even saying that uh baiju could be the next thing mm. of like just like some big crazy bold flavor sure so you know, when you think about when you first drank alcohol, you know you, you didn't like it. When you first had a beer, you're like, "What is this?" And you you got used to it. So I think there's there's some great things to appreciate from this. You you might not like it the first sip, but certainly as you get accustomed to it, you start appreciating it more and more.
2: And, and I think the the cool thing about th- this bus tour is it can be a point of entry for people because the price point of a bottle of bag is not it's it's not inexpensive. It's a, it's a bit of an investment, right? So, like the the one bottle I, I noticed was like eighty bucks, for example, right? You drink a lot of Kessler, though. <laughs> yeah. I do, guilty. No, but what I am saying is, um, if for someone who's not used to peated Scotch, right, um, and maybe is used to Dewars, Dewars is a much lower price point. I am not comparing the two, but just as an example, Fair right? Enough, yeah, um, to be able to go in and sample that,
0: it's a big deal to someone. Sure, sure. And I, and, and along those lines, when you are on tour, how do you What's the, what's your way of introducing the novice to
3: the brand? So just to go back to what you had uh, you just said, I think, and I can transition into I can transition into that. Sorry, first podcast. All right, I'll <laughs> stick to it. Um, trying to like lean up, and this is my little little, little, stool, little stool here. Um, so I think that one of the the beautiful parts of this tour is that. I have seen, I travel around the country, I go to as many whiskey fairs as I can, I love talking to consumers, Um, and one thing that I've seen is if you tell the story, if you Mm -hmm. tell people why it tastes like it does, why it has this characteristic, the story of the people who created it, it's over 200-year-old history, where it comes from, the rocky shores of this tiny island... Um, that really, that builds the story, it builds the, the intrigue, and it seems to often taste better to them. I think telling that story and single malt, especially, you know, a single malt like Ardbag, telling that story and giving that context and that background is really important to having that full experience. Um, and, um, yeah, sorry. And then back to your question about how to, to start people with Ardbag. So, I love to tell them the story, give people kind of an introduction of what to expect. So do you know Scotch? Yes, you do. All right. Do you like this, this, this? Have you ever had Macallan? Oh, yeah, I love Macallan. Okay, well, Macallan is is just a peat bomb. So we have this expression that is also has whiskey that's that's matured in, in um, cherry casks. So you might like this. However, you know, it's really smoky. So if you've had mezcal, to kind of tell that story to compare it to something that they've had before mm-hmm. to really kind of give them some context. Um, as far as our expressions go, A no, our newest expression, Ardbeg, a no, in my opinion, is the perfect introduction to Ardbeg. Spell that. Mm -hmm. Uh, A-N-O-A. So two words. So it's like a Scotsman saying, I know. So if you say that, (laughs) then that's an easy way to remember it. Uh, We launched in September. It's a new expression of ours. But one of the reasons we wanted to create that... Uh, expression is that um for a lot of people our bag is a little tough to try at first especially if they don't really have that context they don't know what they're getting themselves into a no is very sweet it's sweet but it's sooty it's super smoky and spicy but the way that it was created and it's aged and married together those three different parts of whiskey the sweetness of the pedro jimenez sherry uh the whiskey that's that's aged in the pedro jimenez sherry casks really rounds out the the might what some people might consider rough edges of the smokiness and spiciness. And so that allows them to, with that sweetness, um, it kind of tames the smokiness in a way. So a no is a great introduction tool. Um, we used to use Ugadel often because it's a little bit sweeter. Uh, it has flavor notes that people are used to with that sherry matured whiskey. So the, that expression I think is a wonderful thing to do and I always like to give people context and then also a little bit of history depending on who I'm talking to. You can kind of gauge, I mean this is kind of advanced level but if I'm at a whiskey fair, I gauge the level of understanding of scotch, of whiskey in general. Just give them a little bit of background, make sure they know what they're about to get themselves into but then also i think what's important is that um when they try it they should also know that it's objectively great whiskey. I mean, it's really wonderful whiskey. We actually won a distillery of the year this year. We found out recently um, at the International Whiskey Competition, we were named distillery of the year globally, right? So, um, And Whiskey Advocate called us when we just had three core expressions, best three core ex- or best three expressions or best three portfolio, I guess, under $100. So the quality is there and we continue to prove that whiskey credential. So it's really telling that story, finding an expression that works for them, and then also, you know, kind of validating our whiskey credentials. Credentials in a way that this is made to be this way, and it's been made this way for hundreds of years. It's not a fluke, it's not a mistake. Some people I've I've heard some really interesting things, and we've gotten some interesting emails from people, consumers who had no idea what they were getting themselves into, and they're used to McCollin or Glenn and they tried Artbag, and it was a very different experience. And so I think giving that context, that background, and then finding the right way to introduce them is the way to do it. And this bus, sorry, this is kind of long winded, but this bus is a great way to tell that story and have a holistic approach to teaching people. People about the brand in a unique or orthodox
0: way that they haven't seen before. So, so what is the what happens when people come on the bus? What should they expect?
3: Yeah, so there are a number of parts to this tour. Um, the first of which, the 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 process, I guess, or the flow that we would generally take them through. Uh, the bottom floor of the bus is an escape room. If you've done an escape room before, it's smaller, less time than, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, not an hour like most escape rooms. And it's smaller. Obviously, we're on a bus, but gives you that introduction to key elements, key attributes of our Then once they escape, um, be given a giveaway, they, there's a big reveal, the door opens, you're allowed to really kind of escape up to Isla. So upstairs, we tried our, you know, our best to recreate, um, the distillery experience that you'd get. If you go upstairs the white painted walls look exactly like the distillery the leather that we use same kind of leather our chairs our Chesterfield chairs are from the UK so we try to kind of recreate this idea or this 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 feeling this environment of transport you transporting you to Isla and part of it as well is we have a sensory experience upstairs I don't know if you guys have, have done the Arbeg VR stuff before but we have some really cool VR videos and VR headsets up there transport you there we have some peated barley up there you can taste and smell we have some staves we actually have P from isla so just to kind of tell that story show you what it's all about the fundamentals the essence of art bag without actually tasting the liquid then the next step would be sending them into the store uh where, where we have a sampling table and also an opportunity to obviously buy bottles and um for the first time that i know of we have an engraving art bag engraving machine so you can engrave you know a message or a name or whatever um onto your bottle as a gift so we want to the idea is really to take people through the journey from, um, you know, introducing them to the brand, uh, having them become aware of the brand and the tour all the way through that path to give them an opportunity to learn about the brand, taste the brand and buy a bottle if if they so choose.
0: And off camera, you were or off camera, <laughs> off mic, you were uh, saying that there's some like uh, uh, stuff, secret stuff here with the master distiller that comes up. Is that right? Um, on the screen. So yeah, so yeah, so there's
3: a video here. I won't go into too much detail to give it up. We want to keep some some mystique and and uh, but that's a fun thing, yeah. off radio for a it's oh, all sorry. good. No, no, it's that's all good. Sorry, that's fun thing. No, no I, what, what I can tell you is this. So there, we took we took every step possible, honestly, to tie this into the brand. Everybody in the brand um, around the, I mean, honestly, around the world knows about this. The um, distillery manager, Mickey, who is, who is the head of the Bag committee, just a lovely guy that's, you know, anybody who loves Art Bag fans, Bag committee members knows Mickey. And Mickey helps kind of take you through the game in a way to tell those key, fu- those, those fundamentals of Bag. So I went out to Isle actually to film him. Um, so both our distillery manager and distillery visitor center manager, uh, will be in a video, a little secret video behind you that kind of tells you the story as you go through the escape room, gives you some hints. And again, we want to create this, this environment where you are in the next best thing would be to go to isla and one thing i'll 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 say as well is is one beautiful thing about art is that it's really a big family and people love this brand people love the people and it's just this big community and we want to make sure that as the face of our brand and as the head of the art committee the chairman of the art committee um that mickey had a part to play in this and so he's really important to the brand and so we want every element from the The portrait of Shorty, our dog mascot, which you see right there, every little piece, we've taken every effort to make sure that you get everything out of our bag and you understand just why we love it so much and why people love it so much and why it's different than other brands.
1: So I know Joe said this was kind of a confined space and yes, for a podcast, but if you think about we're in a moving vehicle, we're in this one floor, that's probably a good 14 by eight feet wide. And there's a whole nother floor upstairs. I mean, there's a lot of room in here for something that can kind of roll down the expressway because it's a double decker bus. Uh, I just think it's, it's fascinating how you've crammed all this stuff in here. You have two different experiences, the downstairs and the upstairs. Uh, it's just pretty neat there's no elevator that we which we did.
3: yeah yeah unfortunately (laughs) it's only a double-decker I mean it's the maximum size that we could made it but no I mean that's that's the idea right so the whole idea is around the our big escape so we call it the ultimate escape and so you know there's an escape room but it also allows you to escape to Isla upstairs and everything we look at it from a holistic approach right so I kind of talked you through the, the path from introducing people to the brand all the way to tasting it and having a chance to buy it and gift it maybe right and so we wanted to make sure we took this this, this opportunity and this once this thing goes on the road around the country, it's literally going around the country for the next year and a half. Um, everything ro- rolls with it. So there's this secret compartment back there that keeps the engraving machine. All that stuff is is part of this vehicle. Um, so we wanted to maximize this opportunity. And again, so sampling for Ardbeg is something that we that we don't do very often. But um, with Ardbeg, we want to make sure that we're choiceful about it, tell that story, and maximize that opportunity. And obviously, you've seen the size of this thing. And I guess what we haven't talked about is the, the wrap or the, the designs that we have outside. I mean, that's pretty noticeable. When you see that driving down the road, mm-hmm. one thing you definitely don't see on the top, there's a big bottle of Ardbeg 10 as well. So you can see it from <laughs> an aircraft or whatever, like an overpass. So, so
1: the head of Podcast Detroit actually saw you guys driving down the road. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so Bob Bob saw it. He's like, I saw that driving down the road. <laughs>
3: (laughs) That's that's what we want to hear. Yeah, Yeah, I mean think about you know, it's gonna be driving along the West Coast and every I mean, you know, we're also gonna have it stopped in front of some major monuments and we'll be posting stuff on Facebook and Instagram, and so we're really excited about it. And as a community um of art bag lovers around the country and around the world, I know that um you know this is just the beginning, and I know that people are gonna be really excited about it, and this is certainly a unique way to tell our story, and that's what we want. We wanna get our names out there, we wanna tell our story, and again, it's it's more than just being, hey, art bag's brand Artbag is a whiskey brand Artbag is a scotch brand it's what is art and every little thing and every little piece is fully to brand and every single like little logo things like that so you know a lot of care was taken into doing
1: this right i have something that's a little a little off topic if you're if you're interested at oh. all so you guys are known for doing some some cool wacky stuff a uh, couple years ago you guys sent some scotch to space Yep. Is that true? Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, was that a little before your time? Yeah,
3: it definitely was. Okay. Um, but we were the first whiskey in space. Um, there's a basically a small like sample of it was sent up to the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they wanted to initially the idea, somebody loved it along the way. Um, it's interesting the people who love for the vocal, um, people who really get behind it are all over the place but like in places that you might not guess so actually one thing our bag is heavily involved with the the humans to mars organization <laughs> as well so actually we have a picture of david blackmore our uh us our head brand ambassador um uh buzz aldrin actually i think so yeah i mean it's pretty it's pretty wild um yeah. So, I mean, I guess just little things like that. But yeah, so we sent a little bit of whiskey up to space and um, just, to, I guess, to see, kind of do some experiments on it. They brought it back down and they kind of saw what the chemical composition was. <laughs> um, I don't have a lot more details other than that. Definitely before my time. Sure. And there was a, a tour that was created out of that And as there was well. a rocket, right? Yeah, and there was a rocket the, as well. I think the
1: rocket had visited Holly Market as well because I remember getting a photo with oh, it. Oh,
0: probably, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think the alcohol's got to hit you faster in space, right? Like, I don't know. It just seems <sighs> maybe, like... A, maybe. Maybe yeah. it just
1: kind of floats around. It doesn't get digested.
0: Whoa. <laughs> That's
1: deep. I Science. I don't think
0: there's any consumed, which is probably
2: good.
1: I don't know if NASA <laughs> yeah.
2: likes I, that. There's
1: a lot of, like, there's a whole list of things you can't do in space, like no sex, no drinking, no things like that. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think
0: that uh, one of the things I really like about the idea of this, uh, this moving... Uh, you know, tour and whatnot is like, you go inside a store like, like we're at here and you just get walls and walls and walls of choices. And if you're not into scotch mm-hmm. or you, maybe you've had it, you know, a glass here and there, you're, you're looking up there and you're like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to pick from. And it's great to have. I mean, the, the three samples that we have. I mean, I, I really, I really enjoyed them. And that's not even the brand that, that you're, or the experience that you're really promoting. Like, at least not in the, in the graphics on the, on the, bus here or whatnot, right? You're yeah. promoting the tenure.
3: Yeah, it's it's just a piece. I mean it's all art bag, right? Yeah. Um and going back to what you were saying about uh the Scotch sections, right? So the Scotch category is quite crowded. And so it is pretty uh it's kind of scary for some consumers, honestly, when you go up there, like what should I pick? And so things like this, you know, we want to try to promote it in a choiceful way, right? But also stand out. And standing out is a challenge um in a very busy, uh, whiskey in general category in the U S and scotch specifically. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all about just driving awareness of the brand, giving you an experience to try those different things. That was just a, a product of the decision of the local team in that Mm. regard. Um, but you know, again, it gives you an opportunity to buy those bottles and grade the bottles, learn about the brand as a whole. And also we can tell the story about some of those other expressions in here as well. So like upstairs, there's part of the sensory kit is telling the story of a no,
0: which like I said, I really enjoyed that one. I thought. I mean, but th- then again, you said that's like more of the introductory kind of thing. And I'm not really a scotch drinker and I really enjoyed that one. I, yeah, I, I got, I really liked the smokiness out of it. Um, it wasn't as, you know, it didn't have that bite that the next one had. Mm-hmm. And I. Really like that one.
3: Yeah, I mean that was that was by design. It, it, like that's uh, what we were trying to get accomplished with that. Um, and I think the the team in Scotland did a beautiful job with that. And it's won a number of awards and is highly rated right up you know right out of the gate. And so we're really proud of a no. And we continue to get. I mean, great feedback on it. And again, like I was telling you guys in the store, but a no is a great introduction to Ardbeg for new consumers. At the same time, it has all of the Hallmark characteristics of Ardbeg, but a unique twist on it. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, sooty, but it's almost like I like to say it's like a it's like a pouch of pipe tobacco, raisiny sweet pipe tobacco that's been sitting in a barbecue pit for a few days. I mean, like that kind of experience. Right. You can get all of that. And that's also just going back to the complexity of Ardbeg. Ardbeg is is known for its complexity amazing finish it, it all just works together though we like to say um and it may or may not be a hint on this on this bus but it's basically you know our we like to talk about Ardbeg as a super complex whiskey but with incredible and surprising balance so it all works right it all rides itself hand, out hand, hand. yeah
1: yeah <laughs> so so jason is one of our our, our fourth host and he can't make it he's actually singing in like a um karaoke contest yeah, tonight. He's, he's a judge? A judge okay, yeah. got it. At a karaoke contest? Yeah. yeah for Patron, awesome. Patron, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, all right. Um so he has two super geeky questions. I, okay. I think we sent these to you ahead of time. Yeah. Um how would you say the specific PEAT that Arbig uses differentiates differentiates them from other Elay um distilleries?
3: Great question. And that's generally something, that is one thing that we, that we highlight with this tour. Uh, and I think it's something that's really important. And it's, it's obvious once you taste our bag and it's really bold, smoky flavor. Our bag is the most heavily peated of all the Isla malts, all the smoky malts. So, um, we peat our malt at about 55 parts per million. I can go into more geeky detail if you want. We, 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 should we gauge our smokiness by phenols part per million or parts per million of phenols? Um, so we're at 55 parts per million. If you compare it to Glenmorangie, is two. So like a smooth, wow. like, um, yeah, like space-side whiskey or something like that would be a few parts per million. So almost no peat, right? Uh, compared to LeFroig 40 to 45. So we're, we are significantly yeah. smokier than Laphroaig, and people think that Lefroig might be the smokiest. Ardbeg's core range, at least, is the smokiest of the, the Isle of Malts. And so that is really what differentiates it. And that's always been a, you know, significant characteristic of what defines Ardbeg, mm-hmm. what art makes Ardbeg different.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So even more, dic- uh, geekier. All right. Who dictates slash how the Fey Fei Ile releases? Mm-hmm. Are developed?
3: So uh yeah, so the the there's a festival basically on Islay. Isla. I think I spelled that wrong. Yeah, fish yeah. fish eel, I think is fish how yield. it's pronounced. Yeah, close. Um, yeah. yeah. It's so all the distilleries on Isla for it's end of May, and uh, first weekend of June have a celebration basically, and it's I mean incredible. And that leads into Ardbeg Day. Ardbeg Day is the end of that really, and so that's how Ardbeg Day started. So the first Saturday of every June we have what we call Ardbeg Day. And we had a, a cool event here actually um end of May, I believe, um right before Ardbeg Day to celebrate that so all of the distilleries or most of the distilleries on Isla have a, a special release that they bring out for that festival and so we call it our Ardbeg Day release this year was Ardbeg Grooves incredible super smoky sweet just absolutely amazing whiskey but that had been basically planned years in advance so for a lot of our limited editions and most single malt brands have a series of limited editions that serve a role for those businesses essentially to drive um you know a halo effect around the overall brand or to bring in something new and interesting and exciting um so those specific limited releases are planned years in advance and so the, for Bag, we call our team the whiskey creation team, uh, in Edinburgh. They have all sorts of samples. Um, our master distiller, um, Bill Lumson, who is a genius, like in, in, in the, the industry. I mean, well known. Um, he was the master distiller of the year in 2016 and 2017. So, well, really well respected. Loves experimenting with new cast types, mm-hmm. um, new, um, just te- techniques, honestly. And so a lot of this is experimentation between a group of people called the whiskey creation team to come up with unique ideas and then essentially they'll put those in process so that years down the road once they're matured they can start you know experimenting with different types of whiskey to see what works. So that process is developed by experimentation and just Cool ideas between, you know, the whiskey people, the whiskey creators uh in Scotland and then over years basically then they'll refine it and then to say, All right, in two years this will be good. Um, this, you know, it has this flavor profile, and then between the whiskey makers and then the global marketing teams, they'll come up with a cool story or cool name. Um and generally for artbag, you know, it ties into something unique or something that's that's very artbag or very um has kind of a um heritage and on Isla or near Isla. Yeah. Cool.
2: Mm-hmm. How, how many distilleries are there on Isla?
3: Eight right now. Eight. But uh, a few more are being made. I think three more maybe. So, excuse me. If you think about the population of 3,000 people and there are eight distilleries, <laughs> um, I mean, it's distillery. When I say it's distillery island, it's like, you know, sometimes it's, I joke, but it's almost like distillery Game of Thrones. Like it's like, it, like you get this vibe and it's crazy, but it's absolutely stunning, beautiful people. Uh, Ily-X is what they call them, but the, the, the people of Isla amazingly friendly people sometimes hard to understand, but you know, you understand, you know, that's all good, especially after a few drams. But, um, no, I mean, amazing, beautiful people, just incredible Island. And, um, I'll tell you this, if, if you ever go to Isla and you try Art bag, you go to the art bag distillery, you're going to be hooked for life. And, um, it just, again, that's just the next level, but the, it's hard to explain the experience that you get, the authenticity and just the people, the love, the excitement, the passion for it. um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a really, really beautiful place.
2: I think the when I was at Scotland, and I didn't go to Isla sadly, but um, I was able to visit Glen Goyne. And um, the thing that struck me about Scotland in general was the kind of marriage of, like, mo- modernity and historical. Mm-hmm. Because you're walking down the street in Edinburgh, and there's, like, a castle from, like, 1400s. But across the street, it's like a, a shopping center, right? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Art Bag, like established in eighteen fifteen. There's so much history, and when you're there, is it has it always been located in the same place?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the distillery's been around. The distillery opened in eighteen fifteen. There's probably some illicit stuff going on before that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of legends, and there could be, you know. Sure or false. there are a lot of stories right before that. But there used to be a town of Ardbeg actually. Ardbeg and Isla used to be like a much bigger, more population, like bustling little island, um and people just started kind of moving off, especially when there were some whiskey droughts and some you know, the whiskey market essentially kinda crashed in away a few times. And so um people moved off the island. So it it has been there in that area and there used to be actually a little village or town called Ardbeg. Yeah. Um, but to go back to your point about like the, the modern with the old, I think it's a common misconception with scotch. And, and I will freely admit that I had thought the same thing, that it was a kind of musty old, like old timey, like old fashioned and outdated type of, of, of whiskey or category. Right. But it's, it's really amazing the type of, um, Innovation that have been brought in the wood management, um, just the experimentation and the distillers who are just so just geniuses. Um, so I think that's a common misconception that it's just old stuff. It's the same stuff. But you'll see with like art bag like grooves this year. I mean, the processes that are used, the techniques that are used um, are really incredible. And we continue to refine and innovate. And I think that's a really fun part of
2: Scotch, of, of Scotch whiskey. I mean, you guys have been around for over 200 years. You yeah. gotta be doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it, it's like so much history, right? There, There's no way that you can't. Like you just said, you can't. You have to innovate in order to stay relevant, especially now. And so,
3: one of the driving forces behind the modern single malt Scotch category is uh, innovations or new products, line extensions, whatever you want to call it. But essentially, something new to keep people excited uh, and maybe introduce them to the brand in a way. And so, you'll see every major distillery has all sorts of new cask, um, cask matured cask types, cask stories, or new fun names. Or Highland Park does the whole Viking thing. And so, um, there's there's a constant churn of innovations new products new ideas um, and I think it's really exciting it's just that that is what is driving a lot of the, the growth in the category um, and it's what consumers especially American consumers have come to expect um, for Ardbag, you know we, we want to make sure that we introduce people to the core products which is vast majority of our sales obviously but um often people want to just try what's new or what's rare or what's expensive um and you know we, we we're used to that we understand that um, but there's a fine line i guess you have to kind of draw the line of how many new products you have when the core of your business are you know for us are big like, 10 years old is the vast majority of our of our business yeah.
2: Yeah. how does aging affect the the peat
3: flavor. Over time it'll kind of chill it out. Okay. So it'll mellow that. Um if you try our big 20 something which we launched last year which was a 23 year old, um it's still very smoky, but it's a it's a, it's more mild than you would expect. So it will It will tame the peat over time, and actually, that's why younger art bag or younger smoky malts are really, really intense. I've I've tried um art bag like right out of the stills, um and that's an intense experience. (laughs) Oh my god! But it's you you try that, and then you try a twenty three year old art bag, and you're like, okay, I got it. Like it tames that that peat that smoke. So that's that's what happens over time. And then obviously, depending on the cast type you use, that will impart a certain flavor as well. So new oak versus French oak versus Pedro sherry, Oloroso sherry. Whatever it may be, yeah. The,
0: the three experiences we uh, tried—they have age expressions. Expressions, I'm sorry, yeah.
3: So um, Ardbeg does something called non-age statements. There are a couple of reasons for that. I won't go into the, the detail, but um, the three expressions that you, that you tried, are what we call non-age statement. Okay. Uh, and Ardbeg is known um, for not having non-age statement whiskeys. The reason for that, the reason for that is by the laws of Scotch whiskey. Uh, Scotch whiskey. Um, yeah, the, the laws and traditions, but really the laws um, of Scotch whiskey, you have to label or name the youngest whiskey that you have in there. So if you have a three-year-old whiskey and a 30-year-old whiskey, that's a mixed together, that's a three-year-old right. whiskey. Yeah. So um, that's part of it. We think that um, that doesn't necessarily, an age statement doesn't necessarily dictate the quality of the whiskey, and that's been proven with our, our awards and ratings. Um, but also there was a lull. So the, the distillery is like shut down for some time. In the 80s and early 90s. And so we also don't have a stock, enough stock for some of the, the higher age statements as well. But a lot of it is the smokier, more intense flavors will also come from the younger whiskeys. So generally in our age state, non age statement whiskeys, a no, Ugadal, Coryvrecken, or even Grooves, it's a it's a range of ages um, and marrying that together to make it just right. right? Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What is the oldest, uh, Ardbeg barrel that you know of that you've seen at the, Distillery.
3: Um... Or bottle. I haven't seen, yeah. I mean, I've tried like 1975. Okay. Um, I think that's the oldest I would be able to ever try in this story here. And you can find a summary of the 23-year-old. That's The 23-year-old is the oldest whiskey that we have that we're selling right now. Um, but if you go to the distillery or go in the secondary market to an auction site or something, then you might be able to find something older than that. But I will say, I mean, the newer art bags, the, the current art bag lineup um, is going to be different. It's going to be smokier. Um, and it's pretty good. Yeah. So I mean not necessarily that some people will say that, you know, the art bag was better back in the day or whatever. Um our master distillers will disagree with that. Um <laughs> that it's never been better than it is now. I think part of that is the techniques, part of it's just the experience. Um but I think that's also a common misconception because Scotch whiskey now, the good single malts or the good Scotch whiskies, um are probably better than they've ever been.
2: Is that does that have a lot to do with technology and innovation and all yes. that?
3: Yes. So I mean think about back in the day, even like years ago, a decade ago, maybe they would mark barrels with just handwritten things, right? Not a digital like scan or whatever. So I mean, think about that, like not knowing which barrels you have. And they actually still come across that problem. Sometimes we're like, Oh, I just ran across this 30 year old barrel. Like it was just sitting there. So, um, yeah. So modern techniques of managing that, um, being able to, I guess, you know, identify different flavor profiles from different types of wood and then also experimenting with new types of wood. So I think also it's a mindset of innovation, trying new things and new techniques that might not have been used before. So going back to my previous statement that I think it's a misconception that it's as old stuffy and not innovating. That's far from the truth. It's very innovative. And the people who are part of that process, like our master distiller and our distillery teams, our whiskey creation team, are always trying new things, new types of casks, new, um, I mean, all sorts of different things. So I won't go into too much detail to give it away, but, um, they're not slowing down and they're not settling for anything. And so, um, but the technology is a huge part of that to maintain that consistency. I think one thing that people don't really realize, unlike beer, for example, there's going to be the consistency or the quality will often change. Um, so there's some variability in it. Um, but your skill will really be how do you maintain that quality, that same quality. And that comes down to honestly, the teams, um, and the technology.
2: Now, and I don't know if this is a ridiculous question, but can only Scotch be peated, or can can other spirits? Sure. <laughs> and and ha- have you had other peated spirits?
3: Yeah. So I mean, I've had peated. There's a heavily peated Indian single malt. Um, forgot the name of it. Um, certainly Japanese whiskey can peat it. Um, peat. I don't know if you can peat corn. I mean, bourbon is is heavy. Yeah. primarily corn, right? Um, so I think it, it could be a part of barley. I, I honestly don't know that. I could get back to you on that, but um, it's easier, obviously, to impart that flavor profile onto malted barley. And, um, yeah. So I think you, you probably could. I don't know if you could impart that into corn. Probably not for bourbon. But bourbon also does use, often their mash bill, they'll use parts of malted barley as well. So you could probably add a
2: little bit. And you guys use bourbon barrels quite often too right
3: yeah we do but there's really not any bourbon flavor that's imparted we use it for the wood so american oak is the best it's the standard um and luckily for us the bourbon industry, uh, you can only use it once, and so they kind of suck out that initial first hit of flavor, the vanilla spices, that really intense stuff. That would probably be too much for um, single malts to, to to mature in, and then but we still use them f- usually second and third fill. So the first and second fill after being used once by bourbon, um, then we'll use those, and there's still a lot of good flavor in those, like the good coconut vanilla flavors that
2: we want. Okay, so after Michigan, where's the bus headed? We're going to Ohio, okay, then
3: Chicago uh, or Illinois. Um, then we start a journey uh yeah a crazy journey oh yeah yeah no it's all over the place so then out west so we'll go on the west coast washington oregon california then colorado then to the east coast to maryland um up and down the east uh eastern seaboard then we'll be in the southern states for winter just due to the weather we want to kind of follow the weather so we'll be in texas in december um in florida in october and then in the year um in texas and um arizona
2: and las vegas Wow. Is there somewhere people yeah. can go to, to find, uh, the, where you're headed next? Yeah.
3: ArdbegEscape.com. Um, follow us on Instagram, um, or, um, Facebook. So ArdbegUSA, because there's a global site too, but ArdbegUSA to follow the tour. And then ArdbegEscape.com, um, is, uh, perfect website for you to follow to see you, upcoming stops, locations, learn more about the brand and also join the Ardbeg committee and i, I recommend everybody if you really if you love Ardbeg um you want to know more about the brand, learn more about it, get updates from the brand and from Mickey um join the Ardbeg committee. So glo- a global group of, of fans of hardcore fans, um great way to stay in touch with the brand. You can go to ardbeg.com and sign up for the Ardbeg committee or ardbegescape.com. You can also sign up for the committee there.